The reading this morning comes from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, um, lots of gifts and talents in this church, and uh, it was great to have Godwin Nogue do the sketch. Um, and we've had Patrick's artwork up on the stage recently, but you might not know that Chris Lee also does some art, and this is one of his pictures. It is a small one, but I wanted to put that there. <coughs> Isn't it good? And uh, he brought them along, that and a few others along to Tuesday Club, and, and people were so impressed, they, they bought the company. Um, now, Jennifer, Jennifer bought one of these, so that's Jennifer's. So, um, so it just obviously goes without saying, it presents the nativity scene. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's wonderful to celebrate as we look back to this story. And there's an openness, isn't there? There's an invitation to come. Um, and indeed, the shepherds came, and the wise men, although they came a bit later, they still came to Jesus. Uh, and this is what we look back to, but we also look forward uh, to Jesus coming again. And uh, I don't have a picture of Jesus coming again. Um, but if you just, in your imagination, just think of the, this, these candles representing Jesus coming again. <clears throat> and we stand between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And these last four weeks in Advent, we've been thinking actually about how we're waiting, how we're watching for the second coming of Jesus. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Now this first coming was pretty glorious, wasn't it? It was... Uh, if you were a shepherd out in the field by Bethlehem, yes, it was glorious. These angels appearing in the sky, it was awesome. But not everybody saw it. But when Jesus returns, all eyes will see. Every knee will bow and know that Jesus is Lord. And we're a people who look back, but we're also a people who look forward. When uh, I was 18, it was Christmas Eve. And I, I spent Christmas Eve in the pub. And I wasn't a Christian yet, it was up in Newcastle. And I, we, we staggered home after spending most of the time in the pub. I was walking back to my parents' house and uh, uh, went past the church and walked in because they were having a midnight mass service. And I wasn't so drunk that I didn't remember, but I, I, I remembered them being really actually very welcoming to me. Uh, now they could have said, you've obviously been drinking, come back when you're sober. But, when I, but actually they didn't. They welcomed me and they talked to me. 
Uh, and that had a little bit of an impact on me, actually. Now, we do have a, a half 11 service tonight. I'm not recommending you turn up drunk to that. But if someone staggers in from the pub, what will we do? We'll welcome them. And this nativity scene shows us welcome. It shows us grace. Has anyone experienced God's grace? Are you grateful for God's grace? Do you count on God's grace? The times when you thought you'd be shown the door and you were actually received a welcome. You thought you'd messed up and that was it. Game over. And God gave you another chance. You thought, I must have blown it now, but actually God's got a plan for you. That's God's grace. And we're told in Titus that the grace of God has appeared and offered salvation to all people. This picture represents an invitation to everybody to come. And indeed, the Magi from the East came. They were stargazers, but they came and they worshipped. The shepherds came and they worshipped. And they were the lowest of the low, but they were welcome. And so on, all throughout the ages, the grace of God has appeared. Offering salvation to all people. You know, one of the big questions people ask is, well, if there is a God, why doesn't he kind of... Oh, by the way, there's stuff for the kids to do at the back. Um, If you want to, there's colouring and there's um, stuff if they want to do stuff there. Um, People The big question, people, if there is a God, why doesn't he intervene? Why doesn't he step into our world and and sort it out? Well, the answer is he has and he will. He has stepped into our world at Christmas. He stepped in and showed grace. He's shown great restraint, actually. He didn't come to bring judgment, he came to bring grace. But when he comes again in glory, that will be game over. That will be the end of the world as we know it. That will be a wrapping up and the beginning of a new heaven and a new earth. So people say, why doesn't God step in and sort out the problems in the Middle East? Why doesn't he sort out Ukraine? The thing is, he, he did do that once, and it, he flooded the whole earth. <laughs> he said, I'm never going to do that again. At least not until the end of the age. If God steps in, he steps in in grace here, but ultimately in glory here. And we are people grateful for the grace of God, standing in a position of grace, responding to God's grace, but we're looking forward to glory Verse 13 of this passage says, We wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We're people who wait. We're waiting. Now some people think, if you talk about grace of God all the time, it becomes then a license to do whatever. If you just talk about God's grace, well then people will turn up drunk to church every week. Because they think, it's okay, because God loves me, he'll forgive me, I can do whatever I want. But this passage is interesting because it says that the grace of God doesn't want us just to do whatever. The grace of God trains us how to live our lives. The grace of God teaches us 
to live a life that is the kind of life that God wants us to live. Does anyone remember a teacher at school? A good teacher. Did you have any good teachers at school? Good. I had some terrible teachers at school. They, they kind of knew their subject most of it, but they were just... And then we look back, I tell my wife she can't believe what went on in our school. It was the 1980s, a boys' grammar school, and I don't know what they got up to. But, um, you know, we're grateful for teachers. Uh, Wednesday night, I was, I was with my running club. We had a fish and chip night. And uh, two uh, women were saying, oh, that guy there, he's, he teaches my son. And he's a brilliant teacher, teaches him history. Uh, and then I saw the guy they were talking about. I saw him yesterday at the park run. If you haven't done the park run, come and do the park run. Um, you can walk the park run. It can be a park walk. They do it at, twice around Dunorland on a, every Saturday morning at, at 9am, but it gets quite muddy. Uh, anyway, this guy was at the park run, and uh, I said, oh, how are you? You've got the end of term, you must be exhausted. Yeah, I'm really exhausted. I've been teaching all term, and I've got stuff to mark and all that. I said, well, just to encourage you, I was hearing these ladies, um, they were saying, what a great teacher you are. You're a brilliant teacher. And um, I was, you know, it's nice to encourage people, isn't it? Do you find we don't always tell people they're great? Yeah, we often, I mean, you know, Rob mentioned we've had people passing away and we often save it until they've gone. Let's say it now, yeah? Sorry, I wasn't planning on saying that, but it's true, isn't it? Um, it's good to encourage people. We all need to hear that encouragement and I'm grateful for your encouragement. But we have a teacher and it, her name is Grace. And we're told here, Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and yes to being self-controlled, godly and upright. Now, does being self-controlled, godly and upright, does it sound a bit boring? Because if you distort that, you can, you can turn it to mean, well, I'm just going to have a, like a British stiff upper lip. And I'm going to be so upright, I'll look down on everyone else. <laughs> oh, yes. And, I lo- and sadly, Christians have kind of lived that kind of lie. But to live a self-controlled, godly and upright life actually is fun. And it's free. Amen. Self-control's a funny thing, isn't it? If you want self-control, you can't do it yourself. Paul also mentions, in the book of Galatians, he mentions that self-control is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If we want self-control, we have to let God give us self-control. And we have to... Say, Lord, I can't control myself, but you can help me have self-control. It is one of the lesser, you know, least popular, if you like, fruits of the Holy Spirit, but it's a great sign that God is is in us, that we're self-controlled. And it means we're not 
slave to worldly passions. We're not, oh, I just had to do it. I heard a, 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 like a hip-hop track, and, and, and the title of it was called, The Devil Made Me Do It. But if you're a Christian, you're, you're more powerful than the devil. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. So it is possible to say no. Anyone ever watch Grange Hill? It was a, for those who don't know, it's a, it was a, a children's drama set in a school. It's quite gritty. And at one point, one of the boys in, in, in the drama, Zamo, became addicted to heroin. And they used that story to try and tell young people. They were, Grange Hill was teaching young people, just say no to drugs. And there was a song, Just Say No. Zamo. It's called, my wife thought it was Samo. And uh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Poor, I'm sorry. Sorry, I know. It's just too easy, isn't it? Just say no. Uh, and Paul says, just say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. If we say the devil made me do it, it's like I've got no choice. That's a lie. Now, of course, we know that we have temptations and, and we do have things we struggle with. That would, that would, be, that would also be a lie, to, to, not to acknowledge that. But every situation where we're faced, we're, do, we're, doing, some, we're doing something we know it's not what God wants, we do have a choice. And, and God hasn't yet fully come in glory. We're still in this season of grace so that we can make a choice. And we can say yes to God and no to unworldly passions. Now we need God's help to say yes to him. We need the Holy Spirit who is with us as we prayed earlier. We're a people who wait, but we don't wait hopelessly. We wait with a blessed hope. We wait for the blessed hope, we're told here. For his appearing, his coming, and his glory. Now, what will it look like? When will it happen? We don't know. But it will be glory. It will be glorious. And that's our future. It is glorious. And in this very depressing world, we need to remind ourselves, that is my future. It is a future of glory. And we're going from glory to glory. And of course, Jesus was born, and he, he didn't, as we know, stay in the crib. He became a man and died on the cross, and we're reminded here. He gave himself for us, poured himself out for us to redeem us from all wickedness. Why? Because he wanted to purify for himself a people that his very own, eager to do what is good. In between this grace and the glory, what is the answer that the world needs? The answer is us. The answer is the people of God. Why? Because we are inhabited by God. The Spirit is in us. And so, why do we pray for peace? Well, because the world needs us to pray for peace. Why do we 
seek to do good. Why? Because the world needs good. You know, as I read this last verse, that, that Jesus is purifying for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. I actually thought of this church. And I do want to say something just encouraging. I hope. I see a lot of evidence of people in our church eager to do good. So be encouraged. It's really a blessing. I'm amazed. I have the privilege of telling people about this church and genuinely I'm encouraged by the good stuff that is being done. In the name of the church but also in our own individual lives. I get to hear the stories and I want to say well done. Thank you. There's been a lot of evidence of it in 2023. So be encouraged. Now you can be eager to do good. That doesn't mean we get it right all the time. I don't and I know none of us do really. But we're on a journey. We're going from grace to glory. And he's with us in the journey. So Lord, would you help us to be the kind of people that are purified from all ungodliness. Holy Spirit, would you come and search our hearts and see if there is any way in us that doesn't honour you and lead us in the way everlasting. We acknowledge that many times we have forgotten about your grace and we're sorry. We come back to you this morning. To our blessed hope, to our living hope. And we come to worship. I thank you that we don't just look back to the old, old story. We look forward to your coming. To your coming in glory. And I thank you that although we lament the bad stuff in this world, we have hope. We have hope. And I pray that you'd empower us, that we'd not become weary in doing good, but that we would continue to be eager to do good. Lord, I know I can't do that by myself. Apart from you, I can do nothing. I need your strength. Lord, help me, Lord. Help us all. Lord, as, as we meet with family this Christmas, as we uh, maybe do things slightly differently in the next few days, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to trust in you. Well, I thank you for how the angels broke in and sang glory to God in the highest to the shepherds. Lord, help us to join with the angels' song, Lord. We worship you this Christmas time. Lord, I want to bless you that you're, while we wait for you, you also wait for us. And that you've never given up on us. 
And I want to thank you that many times we may have failed, but we can continue to cry out and come to you and be changed. Help us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Lord, for any one of us struggling with a particular temptation, Lord, we lay ourselves at your feet this morning. I want to thank you that the one who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And though I may feel weak, Lord, in you I'm strong. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill us afresh again. Anoint us as a church. Empower us as a church, Lord. We need you. We can't do this without you, Lord. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord will give him all the glory, will give him all the glory, will give him all the glory, Yeah.